both ways sometimes you find that people because of this scripture that we're about to read they don't want to take instructions from people others will say well if that is the truth then our understanding of what anointing means is not accurate but I want to make some clarification tonight and again you have to understand something when you're reading the Bible for proper interpretation of scriptures always look at the contents what is the man driving at what is he arguing about see any of the apostles can use words to define their argument so sometimes you have to look at the word in contents to get the true meaning as to what was supposed to be in the mind of the writer so you don't just take words all over the scriptures and you feel they stand for the same thing that is not true amen so it's like you read the king james you see coming 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 and you think it has to do with something that's about to come but if you go to the contents and then to the meaning the greek meaning you're going to find that sometimes talking about apocalypsis which has to do with unveiling sometimes talking about ekomaya which is that which is presence and so on and so forth parousia so there are dimensions to which you need to look into to find out what the author has in mind otherwise you will just be using scriptures and they're running around with them and they don't really mean what is supposed to mean so the key scripture i want us to look at this evening is first john chapter 2 let's look at first john chapter 2 and then uh, we're going to read two verses there then i will i'll speak on them first john chapter 2 let's quickly first look at verse number 20 verse 20 says but you have an anointing from the holy one and i want you to know that it's very important you have an anointing maybe we'll go back a little bit back up to verse number 18 little children it is the last hour and as you have heard that the the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us but you have an anointing from the holy one and you know all things <laughs> hallelujah now look at verse 27 but the anointing which you have received from received from him abides in you and you do not need that any teach you but at the name of the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and it's true and it's not a lie and just as i taught you you will abide in him now look at those scriptures now the argument is if anointing has to do with you know there are several shades of understanding about the word anointing some say well the anointing has to do with endowment empowerment but we do understand that anointing actually speaks of what you are created to do is that all right and then according to luke chapter 4 17 18 and then when you look at this now look at the argument of this man he's saying there are going to be a lot of antichrist now the antichrist are supposedly men 
that left the faith and begin to speak another language which is contrary to what they've been taught. Basically, I want to make you understand that what John was saying here was there is something in your life that can make you design what is true and what is wrong. Is that okay? That's exactly what he was talking about. He was not talking about endowment, uh, charisma. Because when we look at anointing, we often look at it from the point of charismatic gifts. That is very, very erroneous. You see? And then we look at it from the point of the unction that comes upon you to be able to do some things. But that is not exactly what John was talking about here. And the two arguments again, the second part of it is, if we have the anointing, we have no need to go to fellowship because the anointing will teach us all things. Now remember, if you look at verse 20, it said you have no need for anyone to teach you because the anointing in you will teach you all things. And yes, he said you know all things. Now let me ask you a question. Do you know all things? So if anointing means you know all things, then everybody who is anointed knows all things. Read it again. Look at it. But, verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know what? Not some. So how many, if, if we think this has to do with endowment, how many charismatic gifters or who I have that knows all things. Because he's saying if you have the anointing that you know all things. <laughs> now I'm going to make you understand that you know all things. But you don't know that you know all things. That is what the anointing really does. In context. Is that alright? But you see. He said you receive the anointing from the Holy One. Now, I want you to take that note of that because it's very, very important. Is that okay? And because you receive it from the Holy One, you know all things. Okay, let us look at something. Let's go back a little bit to the book of Exodus. Chapter 30. Exodus 30. If I come back here. Exodus 30. Uh, let's look at 25. That's a little bit of a long reading, but we need to do it. We are precisely, God talked about the anointing. Hmm? 25. Are you there? I shall make from these a holy anointing oil. Anointment compounded according to the act of the perfumer or the apothecary, the chemist. It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of Moses and the ark of the testimony. Now hear this. What we read in John said anointing. Did he say anointing oil? Did you notice that? Please understand. Then verse 27. The table has all the utensils. Now you must note what this anointing oil was supposed to be used to anoint. The lampstand and its utensils and the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils and the laval and its case or its base. You shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. 
And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing of you to me throughout all your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh. Nor shall you make any other like it, according to all his composition. It is holy, and it shall be holy to you. It shall not be poured on man's flesh. I want you to understand something from that perspective. I think when the true anointing comes on a man's flesh, it makes you a Pentecostal. I just think so. That is why we talk so much about the anointing. But the anointing is not meant for the flesh. Amen? Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's meant for the utensils in the temple. And that if you be the temple of God, there are vessels in you. That this anointing we're talking about works upon to bring them to the place of accurate and proper use for God. Are you picking what I'm talking about? It didn't say pour the anointing upon the roof, but use the anointing to anoint all the instruments and the vessels that are in the temple. And if you be the temple of God, there are vessels in your life that God can touch for his own use. Is that alright? It's not meant for the flesh. Now let me show you something. Turn to Psalm 133. And let's look at verse number. Psalm 133. I think we can read from verse number 2. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. 133. Three. Let's look at it from verse number number 2. Okay, if you like, you can read from verse number 1, but the key thing is number 2. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Please, I want you to know the word. Not upon the body, upon the head, running down on the bed, the bed of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hymen descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded a blessing, live forever. Now I want you to know this. It said the oil is to be poured upon the head of Aaron. Now there are two places the Bible tells us the oil will run through. It didn't say we're going to penetrate into the flesh of Aaron. It come upon his beard and going to come upon his garments. Is that alright? Now the beard for a Hebrew man is very precious. That is why if you take your time to read I think the book of 2 Samuel or something There were some ambassadors that David sent out And they cut their beard Remember? And then he told them don't come into the city Until your beard grows So I want you to understand that It's very very important to a Jewish man it's, it's, It speaks of dignity It speaks of honor It speaks of glory That is the beard 
Now, the oil will produce or come into the place of glory in your life. Are you hearing this? And then it goes to your garment. Your garment speaks of your life, if you will, your righteousness. We talks about the garment of righteousness. Is that alright? The oil doesn't run into every aspect of your body according to the scriptures here. Say, so come upon your beard which speaks of the place of your glory. That means the oil brings you to the place of elevation. It comes to the place of honor. And then your garment. And watch this. Aaron was supposed to be the representative of the whole of Israel. Is that okay? So the oil is upon the head. Now get this. Not, not just the head of Aaron, but now the head of the community of Israel. Are you picking this? Are you following what I'm saying? Good. The oil comes upon the head of the community of the people. So Lord, if you understand the context of what head means, then you'll be able to understand why when we get down to First John, the word is not saying you have no one to teach you. Why is it so? Because the head is now in you. Now the head gives you instructions. Are you listening? <laughs> okay. Look at First John. I mean First Corinthians. Note that very well. Okay, wait a minute. Let's look at something in the book of Exodus. Don't we'll go to First Corinthians. Look at Exodus twenty nine, verse number nine. Exodus twenty nine, verse number nine. Uh, is that what I'm looking for? Let me see. 29, where are you? Eight. That's the key thing I want to emphasize. The key thing is head. Okay? You should pour it on his head. Whose head? Now look at the next verse. You tell you which head you seem to pour it. Then he shall bring his sons. Who is he talking about now? Aaron. And put tonics on them, on him. And he shall get them with salves, Aaron and his sons. And put the hearts on them. The priesthood shall be just for the perpetual statues. So he shall consecrate Aaron and his son. So we know where the oil went to. And that's exactly what David was saying in 133 verse 2. Psalm. Did you get this now? You should pour the oil on the head of the priest. Now, if Aaron functions as a priest in the Old Testament and he has to have the oil, who should have the oil in the New Testament? Christ. Are you getting anything there? Because you can find that in Hebrews chapter 6. The Bible says, just as Aaron did not call himself to become a high priest, even so Christ did not choose to be a high priest, but God appointed him. And so if God appointed him, then the oil must be upon his head. Are you getting that? Okay. Now look at, look at 1 Corinthians now. 
chapter 11. First Corinthians, verse 1 to 3. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the tradition just as I delivered them to you. Now this is not tradition of elders. He's talking about spiritual worship and contents. But I want you to know that the head of every man is who? Christ. You can stop there. The head of every man is Christ. Where is the oil supposed to go to? To the head. Now watch this. He didn't say the head of every man is Jesus Christ. Did he say so? I'll find time to teach you on that as well. When you see the word Jesus Christ, and in other passages you see Christ Jesus, you should have an understanding. Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. Huh? <laughs> His ministry from the realm of spirit to becoming flesh is Jesus Christ. But in his ascension into glory is Christ Jesus. Do you understand this? Now, but what Paul is saying here, the head of every man is Christ. He's not talking about Jesus Christ. He's not talking about the anointing. Are you getting this now? <laughs> it means Christ is the anointing and is the head of the new church, if you want to use the word. So, if the head is anointed, and don't forget Colossians 1.27, what did he say? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now Christ is the head and the oil have to go to the head. Now the head is in you. So what is in you? What do you see what you want to answer? That's why I said you have no need for any man to teach you. Why? Because the one in you teaches you all things. The apostle wasn't saying don't go to meetings. Because if they say, okay, you don't have to go to fellowship, why were they still teaching people? Is that alright? But what he's saying now is, if you receive him as your help, there is, there is an impartation in your life that can enable you to distinguish between what is false and what is truth. That have nothing to do with what you can do in terms of power. As to what we used to call, this man is heavily anointed. Because maybe he do signs and wonders. That is not what he's talking about. This is dealing with the realm of wisdom. 
the realm of understanding, the realm of knowledge. That you cannot be easily deceived because the head is now resident in your life. It's the head that carries the oil, not you. Watch it again. He said, Christ is the head of the man. Now understand as well. Though he also said man is the head of the woman. But before it progress or it goes down to that level, you must know that man is supposed to be a generic name which speaks for the whole of mankind. Is that alright? Genesis 5 says, In the day that God made them, he called them male and female, he called them Adam. One. They were one. Both of them were supposed to be one. Is that alright? So now when he said, Christ is the head of the man. If you go in that dimension, you are talking about the entire congregation that have received Christ as your head. Are you following this? So if you have Christ now in you, and that Christ have received the oil, then the oil is in you, and it's not supposed to come upon your this your head here, this one. It's not this one. Because this one can't make you know all things. Am I talking? Yes, sir. He said you have it so you know all things. Not this one. (laughs) Scripture says it's not in man to direct his ways. Did you get that? But at the same time, you should be able to know where to go. Why? Because you have him in you. Let me explain something. It is absolutely very frustrating for any believer who do not really come to this dimension of walking with Christ. It's very frustrating. This is what leads people to go to all manner of whatever meetings to get a word, maybe from the Lord. There is nothing wrong with that. But I think the best thing is not to seek for what God is saying, but God locating you and telling you what He wants to tell you. Can you see the picture of Saul? He wasn't going to look for how he should become a king, he went to look for a lost axe. And the Lord found him. He arranged situation for him to be found. So it's not you looking for. It's God looking for you. The sheep doesn't look for the shepherd. The shepherd looks for the sheep. That is lost. Am I correct? Because for the most part, the sheep doesn't even know how to find his way home. He doesn't. So some of the things we arrogate to ourselves as if we are the one doing it, we are just, I mean, we do not just understand the workings of God. So Saul went to look for an axe. He became a king. God arranged circumstantial situations to bring him to what intends him to become. I was listening to my good friend in glory, 
Because I used to call him because I already got in contact with that man's writing through ACMTC in 1979 or something. I'm talking about B breathing. He was to have a meeting somewhere and then their plane crashed. And it's a place where ordinarily it seems they didn't want him to preach. The plane crashed. Nobody was hurt. The plane was damaged. The newspaper carried it. Plane crashed. And an evangelist that wanted to come and preach was in the plane. And at the front page of the newspaper, the next day carried his picture. And there was another report about the president. So two of them were placed side by side. Now people wanted to see him. So the plane crash was what God arranged to advertise his meetings. All things is still working together for good. No hurt, nothing, but the plane was completely damaged. And not just that, the radio carried it, the TV carried it, the newspaper carried it, and his meeting was heavy. Because people wanted to know the man that boarded that plane that crashed and he survived. That is God for you. You will have called the devil, but God was arranging an advertisement. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, <laughs> he said, you have no need for any man to teach you. Now let's progress to that. Now did you get the point that he said, the head of every man is for Christ. I repeat, not Jesus Christ. The head of every man is Christ. And head is the place of wisdom. You remember that? And what does God say you should look for? To get wisdom. And we thought I get to get what? Understanding. For wisdom is the principal thing. Now go to first John again. And then we'll read a few scriptures there so that you can understand. So first John 2 now. But remember where the oil is supposed to be poured. I can tell you I have oil because I have him whose head the oil have been poured. And that is my Lord Jesus Christ. I just love him so. So he takes care and he guides. Look at this. Once again, verse 20. But you have an anointing from who? And I want you to catch that now. Did you get that? <laughs> you have an anointing from who? From the Holy One. Who is the Holy One? Christ. He didn't get it from a bottle. Are you still there now? What he's saying is because Christ is in you, you can know all things. A revelation. You didn't see that? You have an unction from the Holy One who is resident in your life. Because... The head of every man is Christ. So you have this anointing from the Holy One. So it's not something that somebody can do for you. You only need to receive Him. Are you catching this? Don't forget, the oil was on the head of Aaron. He entered into the place of His glory. Can you remember that? And they enter his garment. Can you remember that? Hallelujah. And so, the oil on the head of our master Jesus is producing a kind of glory upon the face of the earth. 
For we are made for his praise and glory. So you have this anointing from the Holy One. Therefore you have no need for any man to teach you. Now I'm going to make you see why he said what he said. Go to verse 27 again. But the anointing which you have received from him. From who? Oh, I think it's from the church. The one you received from anointing service. Come on now. Huh? Where did you get it from? From the anointing service. Am I right? <laughs> you got this thing from him. Because it is him that carried the anointing. And then you got it from him. Because he lives in you. Now it says, From him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But at the same anointing teaches you concerning what? All things. And it's true, and it's not a lie. And just as I taught you, you abide in him. Now, don't forget, in context, he was trying to make them see the difference between what this Antichrist group were teaching and what Christ taught. Now, can I take it to where Christ was trying to make them see this? Turn to the book of John. Let's look at uh, John 16, or should we start from John 14? Let's start from John 14. So that you can understand what exactly Apostle Paul I mean, Apostle, Apostle John was writing about John 14. Look at verse 17. Okay, let's read from verse 15. John 14. Are you there? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Are you seeing it? Now, what is the helper here? The Holy Spirit. Are we right? Okay. Now, what would the Holy Spirit do? Look at it. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be where? Fine. Okay? Look at verse 27 of the same chapter. 27. Oh, okay, 26 rather. Look at verse 26. Okay, can we back up a little bit? I'm sorry. Look at verse 25. These things are spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name to you. Now, in context, you find that. John was just simply saying, hey, come on. You can't be listening to these guys teaching all of these things. Remember the things that Jesus taught you and make a comparison. That I don't expect you to be carried away by what they are teaching because the helper has come. And he's supposed not only to teach you all things, but also make you remember the things he taught you before he left. So you can't be deceived. That's what he was teaching. Are you getting this now? So by implication, the anointing reminds you 
of the things of Christ. If you were physically alive and he taught you some things. Even if you were not physically alive, how did Moses write the book? He got inspiration from God. Sunday was working in his life. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, you could remember, let me tell you something in a very deep sense, you could remember who you were before you came here. Sorry, that may be too hard for you. But your life did not start on the day that you were born. Is that alright? Listen to me. There's a big difference between your existence and where you were formed. <laughs> Hear this. God said to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. So that was not when Jeremiah existed. When he was born was a process of formation. Now you can remember who you were or who you ought to be before you were formed. If you walk by what we are talking about tonight, which has to do with what we call the anointing. Anointing is not to push people down, man. Listen, look beyond these things. And see how you can truly discover who you are. He said, we bring to remembrance those things that I have taught you. He will teach you all things about your life. He will teach you all things about where and who you are supposed to be. And then he will remind you of what God intends you. By implication, if you're just watching some television and people are teaching some things which are not in the inspired word of God and they're not in the mind of God, the Spirit can tell you this is not true. Are you catching what I'm talking about Because the argument was against the Antichrist group of people. So anything that is not of God, you can be reminded of it if you truly walk with the Holy Ones anointing in your life. Listen to me. No bottle, no oil from any bottle can do what I'm talking about tonight. Nothing like that. It can't work. Listen to me. Christ is the head of the man. Not oil. If you have oil in place of the Christ, you can't remember anything and you just even can know anything, not to talk of knowing all things. How could Paul be writing of the age to come? How could Paul be writing of the good things to come? How could Paul be writing about the glorious church that was going to come? How could Paul be writing about things like that? Because he had Christ as his head. That is your re-anointing. <laughs> I remember we were having a meeting. Master was asking me in Joburg. And there was this guy, he's a very good guy. And he said, Who should pray? And said, The pastor should come and lay hands on the people. And this guy came and laid hands on one guy, he fell and lay hands on another. He, said, oh. he jumped and was so excited. He knelt down, was giving glory to God. And he went back against our praying so that people can keep falling. That's fine. But you see, those are rims. Those are not the things that really gives joy. Remember what Jesus told the apostles? 
When he came, he said, The devil is subject unto us. He said, Rejoice that your name is written in heaven, not those things. But you see, your growth makes you take delight in some things and not too much value in some other things. I remember one of the apostles and a brother preached, finished preaching, and he came and said, We should pray for the people. Hey, I find it difficult to come out and. Yes, David, come on, let's pray for the people. I said, okay. But you know what? He stood there and I stood here. We say, you just pass. And let the glory of the Father do what he wants to do. It was amazing. Is that okay? It was amazing. He just stood there. I'm talking about Apostle Boni. He stood there and I stood this way and the people were just passing. It was amazing. Interesting experiences. It doesn't have to be conventional to make it God. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now look at John chapter 16. Let's look at um, 12 to 15 again. Listen to this. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Now, I want you to know that very well. It's important. When you say you cannot bear them, means you can't understand them now. But I have many things to say yet. There are things I need to tell you now, but if I keep on telling you this thing, you can't even understand them now. Now look at that. Look at the next thing. However, when he, who is he? Can we substitute the he for the anointing now? Are we okay? When the anointing comes, which is the spirit of truth, is that okay? What will he do? He will guide you into all truths, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come, future things. Are you there with me? He will not say anything of himself, he will say of things concerning me. Why? Because he is the head. And this thing is to be done in his stead. By implication, the Holy Spirit is apostolos to Christ. Apostolos means the sent one. God sent Jesus. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Now, any man that is sent is only an agent. He does not have authority of himself. So the Holy Spirit can't teach anything other than what Jesus intends to be taught. Are you following it? Then he went further to say, Where are we now? Verse 14, am I right? He will glorify me, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. 
Therefore I said that he will take off mine and do what? And declare it unto you. That is why he said we know all things. Even things to come. Amen. So somehow, I think you ought to know some things about your life. I mean, things to come. If you have the anointing. Amen. If you have him, who is the anointing? If it's really your head, you ought to know some things to come. So you are not supposed to be walking blindly. I was in Lagos and when I was a few days I stayed before I came down. And I was just meditating on how this revelation in the form of a trance. And I found out I was in a crusade ground. And I was watching somebody doing a crusade. I didn't feel like being part of it, but they were inviting me to be part of it. And as they were going on, I find out the light they were using went off. And then they brought in the generator and things like that and began to fix things up. I was still in the state when Maxwell called me and said, I had a call. And they want me to go and preach in a crusade ground in Kenya. I said, I'm not a crusade minister. I can't do this in crusade. I don't even follow what I'm talking about. You see, things to come. We never discussed that. I just didn't know anything. He just called me and said, This is, and I said, This is what I was just seeing. He said, Maybe that is it. So she will tell them to put it on. I said, I don't know. Make the choice. Things to come. If I'm going to have to be there to preach at the crusade, I will tell them what to do. I will personally inspect everything. <laughs> if I know that they are going to fail, I will even step up at all. Because the Spirit has shown me things to come. Are you following what I'm talking about? That is what the anointing means. That is what he was saying. You have no need for any man to teach you because the anointing in you will teach you what? All things and bring to remembrance even the thing that Jesus taught you. Now how many of you once in a while could remember some things that without going back to your Bible or to your notebooks you can remember the things that have been taught in this place? That shows the level of the anointing in your life. How many of you can still remember? You see? That is what the anointing does. So it shows you that you are really, really anointed. If you can be getting this information, these pictures, and you can still be remembering the things you've been taught quite some time. That is what the Holy Spirit does. So that is what John was teaching the people. So he wasn't teaching them or he was talking to them about the issue of you know, pouring holy oil on someone and things like that. No, it wasn't so. Remember, your memory can be dull. But it's a vessel in the temple. And the anointing has to go to the vessels for the master's use. Come on now, is anybody hearing this? If we can teach the anointing accurately, we have more people vibrant in the church. Those whose memories are dull will be stirred up. Because these are the vessels that God said they should be anointed. So anoint those vessels for the master's use. Don't pour it on the flesh. Huh? Because it will make you become very charismatic. <laughs> huh? Are you getting this? 
you will run ahead of your time without being sent by the Father. And you know there are people who like to run even though they are not sent. Such people sometimes carry small taking they die before their time. Remember the one that ran to declare the, the death of Saul to David? Huh? You remember that? Nobody sent him. He had run the man that was sent. Huh? And he thought David was going to rejoice. No. Those are not the things that makes people excited because your enemy died. Hallelujah. So you find that if you truly have the anointing like John was trying to teach here, there are some things that you can know. There are some things that you can begin to see. They are both future and even past. Has God ever played some record for you once in a while about your past? Just to let you know where you are coming from and where you are going to. That is what the anointing does. That is why you have no need for anyone to teach you. Now let me explain something to you. When somebody is teaching you, he's leading you. Is that alright? He's leading you. He will teach his leads. The scribes and the Pharisees will lead us because they were teaching the people. They say they be blind, guide that leads the blind. And they both shall do what? Fall into the ditch. Imagine you must come to a place in your life where the anointing in this very life of yours, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, begins to make manifest some things to you which are even past and the things that are present and the things that are now. Because the God of yesterday, today and forever, he speaks on both dimensions. He speaks to us from both dimensions. So the church must grow to the level where they can truly come to the place of accurate comprehension by reason of the fact that this anointing is within us. I don't look for anointing outside of me to guide me. I need the one within me to do what? To guide me. And this one is right inside you. He talks to your spirit. He talks to you. Someone sometimes listen to me. If you truly begin to operate and come to this level that I'm trying to describe to you tonight, if you need them for 30 minutes, you can see a whole lot of things that you can use, you can write a book on. You catching that? Just, just 30 minutes is enough. You can write a book on the thing God can give to you. Just 30 minutes. Because it's spirit. Time limitation is not there. Before time existed, the spirit have already been working. So you can just download things to you. I pray that God will help you to really know that you are anointed. And we have this treasure where? In earthen vessel. It doesn't come from a bottle, friends. It doesn't come from anointing service. It is you receiving the head and the head begin to walk within you. The oil will now be running to the beard and to the garments. Hallelujah. And if you are not following the one that has the garment, you are likely not to be robbed by this oil as well. <laughs> Amen. Now we have to think about that. It's important. You need to really see the man that has it on him running on these bears and they're running down his own garment. You've got to be close to such a person because it will rub on you. 
will definitely rub off on you. Transferring you from one level to another level. Praise the Lord. 